most of the Negroes migrated here from the South, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Texas, and so forth. And most of the Negroes were skilled and worked south of the tracks. Uh, although uh, 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 blacks were not allowed to work in the oil fields, there was uh, a lot of opportunity for those people who worked for the uh, wealthier people who were in the oil business. And so uh, there was a lot of promise there. There was a lot of promise, good jobs, good, good paying jobs, and uh, the people took, it, took advantage of it. It was booming and very alive, and it continued to grow. It became known as the uh, Black Wall Street because of the number of uh, uh, business developers and entrepreneurs that uh, came to the Greenwood area to start a, uh, a, a business. Many of them were brick masons and they had access to access brick companies. And they began building their houses and homes and businesses. So most of the businesses on Greenwood were brick buildings because of the brick masons and laborers and so forth. In the Greenwood area, you had doctors, you had lawyers, you had pharmacists, you had educators, uh, just anything that uh, went into uh, sustaining a, uh, a quality of life uh, for a co co community could be found in the Greenwood area. A lot of clan activity. They ran the whole county and state schools. Juries, everything. They pretended to be protecting the public against thugs. What they turned out to be was an anti-Jew, anti-Negro, anti-Roman Catholic organization. They said that some Negro boy was uh, uh, running an elevator and a girl got in the elevator and he insulted her and said something to her and that started it. But whether that did or not, that was the one gossip we, ever, we heard. And this girl said the boy tried to rape her on the elevator. They both wasted a building downtown. Now that's what everybody said. Well, all of us agreed that it started because of the threat through the Tribune paper that they were going to lynch a Negro tonight. That was, in the great, I remember it's just like I was sitting there tonight, tonight now, reading that article. The word got around that uh, they were going to try to lynch him, and quite naturally, the community said, you know, that no, there isn't going to be a lynching. Okay, so the first night they went down, and uh, nothing uh, happened. But the second night that they went down, uh, a shot was fired, and uh, from, from that, uh, the melee started. And now I guess about a block away, somebody fired a shot. I don't know whether it was black or white. And then right down there, <laughs> it's all hell cut. Cut loose, and he fought all night. And cars of Negroes went up and down Main Street firing guns, and the other people, taxi drivers, and everybody got them and drove them back across the tracks. Just an armed conflict. The first corridor tracks being the dividing line.
the white people now broke in the store, just pushed in the front plate glass windows and took everything out of there but one little gun we had. We had shotguns, not pistols. They took all the shotguns, all the flashlights, and a good many of the pocket knives. A friend of mine, uh, while he later was employed by me, went down to a show, a late show, and right in the middle of the theater program, somebody came in and shouted, nigger fight, nigger fight. And everybody left that theater on high, you know. We went out the door and looked across the street and here was young with a drugstore with these big pillars. There were two big pillars there at the entrance. And we got over behind them and just got there when a Negro ran out of the alley across the street. And the minute his head showed outside, somebody shot him. I was walking down the alley, running down there, and ran right into a guy with a shotgun. All right, put him up there, nigga. The Frisco Railroad, just east of our building, down on the right-of-way, there was a mound of dirt up so high, you know how it was. And we saw men lying on their stomachs with pistols, with guns of one kind or another, shooting over the, into color town, see, at no particular, just shooting over in there. This morning, we're trying to come in on Greenwood down there. Surrounded the place. And the militia came in. They were rounding up blacks, figured if they'd get there, get them rounded up, would stop the thing. But see what happened, they would allow those fellows to come in behind after they'd taken them. You know, blacks would surrender. Mm -hmm. They let them come in and loot and burn. Just chaos just broke out everywhere. And as a result, the whole Greenwood area was burned to the ground. The only building left standing was the high school. And uh, uh, that is where the Red Cross uh, director, who was sent to Tulsa from St. Louis, set up uh, the uh, aid station that was set up by the Red Cross. Everything was destroyed. Smoking ruins all over the offices. Not only the business was destroyed, but many of the homes were destroyed. There were many professional people that loved the brick homes. The homes were destroyed and looted. They called me about a block away from, about uh, four blocks away from home lined me up, took me down to the convention hall, down to municipal theater. They never did catch my dad. He got out as far as Pine Street, and one of his business associates, White, picked him up, took him home to his house. That afternoon, the operator of the theater came down to the Convention Hall where they had me and bailed me out, but didn't know where Mama was so the next morning. I ran into a downtown. They said it was safe to be on the streets, and I saw her, and I said, Mama, I ran across right the third main. And boy, it was some greeting. Well, there was a colored girl had been working out there, and she was walking up and down the street and didn't know where to go and what to do and scared to death. Well, while I was downtown trying to help Nichols, well, my wife called her in, and we kept her for two or three days because she was just, she didn't have no place to go. It's something you'll never forget. I mean, I'll never forget. 
people did not have any place to uh, live. It was nice and warm. We were always all wondering what we were going to do when it got cold. Some of them left uh, Some of them worked south and were able to go over and stay in service for us. And then they began to think about rebuilding. And the city passed an ordinance that uh, said that you could not rebuild unless you used brick. Okay, well, brick, you know, using brick was a prohibitive cost. And the city passed ordinance that restricted them from building unless they met certain specifications like firewalls and so forth. Then there was a law firm, Spears, Franklin, Champagne, who filed a $4 million suit for the people who were burned out against the city. And Spears left and moved to California. And they won the suit. And then the people began to rebuild. And people were able to rebuild their homes using wood or brick. People were asked to write uh, an article and send it to their home paper, telling all how wonderful Tulsa was. Don't mention the race ride, just tell about one. And if they got it, I don't remember whether they had to have it published or not, but anyway, they got a button said, I told them on it. And I guess we did get some pretty good publicity out there, because a lot of people, influential people, that caught on with them, and they wrote to their home papers. Well, I don't think it ever be like it was before. It just has to be melted in with the that's, I believe that's the way it's going to have to be everywhere. Uh, just melted in the community, black and white, just one community. And it's getting better. I believe it'll, a couple hundred years from now, <laughs> <laughs> it will be.